Hey guys, this is Jessica. In this episode, I talk a little bit about my work and the opinions that I state are mine alone and do not represent the viewpoint of my employer. I'm Jessica Veltstra. And I'm Denise Thompson. Before we get started, I'd like to give a shout out to our newest Patreon subscriber, Chris from Alaska. Thank you so much for subscribing. And Thank you, Chris. And we'll probably have him on our show because he's subscribed at the highest amount, so he gets to run a show. So this morning, we're doing another podcast in the morning, and you know how y'all love the morning podcasts, because <laughs> <laughs> that's when Denise and I get all amped up and... On coffee, and we're not so as mellow and chill as we are in the evening. We have many hours to lay awake and think about things at night. <laughs> and get real ticked off. <laughs> uh, so, today we're going to be addressing something in the current news. I'm sure you all have heard that they are enforcing the policy that they are taking away children um, at the borders from their families uh, when families are coming in through the borders and asking for asylum. And Jeff Sessions recently used the Bible to justify this. And then Sarah Huckabee Sanders also like backed it up. So both of them were in on that one. (laughs) So today our topic is going to be, can you use the Bible just to defend willy-nilly and pull it out whenever you want. <laughs> oh, you definitely can, and people do. <laughs> but, but should you? <laughs> should you do that? Should you pull out the Bible just whenever it's convenient mm-hmm. for you? And especially that specific passage yes. has a huge long history, which we're going to go of into. Of being used for different yes. things. Yes. Yeah, and, and not good things. No. <laughs> I don't really think that... Paul had that in mind. No. So to begin with, the passage that he quoted was Romans 13, 1 through 2, which says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except for that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. So he used that as justification for following this law, mm-hmm. which is interesting because it's not a law. No. Yeah. <laughs> First off, it's not a law. It's a policy that they have enacted. And also, I might point out, they're also citing a court settlement from 1997. Okay. So it's kind of two things that they're talking about, and that if they implement both things, that this is what needs to happen. Okay. But they're using it... Let's be honest, they're using it as a deterrent to deter people from coming up and immigrating yes, to the borders. Yes, they have been cited saying mm-hmm. that it's yeah. a deterrent. Yeah. So, because yeah. they know that it's bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No <laughs> parents want to be to separated their, from their children. Exactly. So they know that it's the wrong thing to do, it's traumatic, it's horrible, and so that's what they're doing. But they're saying that basically we should be, as Christians, following, just be okay with that, and they should be following the law. Because it's against the law, what they're doing is what they're saying. Oh, right, right. The, the immigration is yes. against the law. Okay. 
it, and we should follow this policy mm-hmm. because it's the law, but right. it's not the law. Right. And <laughs> the other thing is, is that that is terrible reasoning. <laughs> it's not good reasoning. No, no, not at all. So first they of hit, all, you know, I wouldn't mind if they tried to hit me with a different reason. <laughs> yeah, but that's a terrible reason. First of all, because like conservative Christianity doesn't think that we should be following the law that says abortion is legal. And they, you can't be saying, like, there's no one out there saying, well, it's just the law. You need to just follow the law. That's the law. That's what God That's says. That's what God says. So you just do it. <laughs> so it's, it's used, there's no, there's, you know, if we don't like the law, another law, then we are perfectly fine with saying that we need to change the law. Yes. And I, we live in a free country, so we can do that. So a um, lot of Christians have come out against what's going mm-hmm. on and saying that it's not right. right. I did have one... Joy International, which I follow Mm -hmm. and I enjoy because, well, I enjoy seeing their updates and they're against trafficking Mm -hmm. of children. They actually did kind of support what's going on Mm -hmm. because of traffic victims. Right. So how how do you feel about that? Well, I think that if there's They said if it saves one traffic child, then it's worth it. Ooh. That's like saying if we separate all the children in the community from anybody who may or may not be suspected of using drugs, then it will be worth it. And I think that's a bunch of crap. Because I know what it is like to separate children from parents. I have done that. I have personally ripped children out of their parents' hands when they're screaming and crying. And the parents are screaming and crying too. And I know what that's like. And if you think that's worth it, just just uh, on like just to save one kid who may or may not like that's you can you can figure out some other stuff. I think that I think that that's a valid point. Uh-huh. Is trafficking. I mean, like trafficking's valid. We need to stop trafficking, but just separating tons and tons and tons of kids based off that is not valid. No, mm-hmm. I mean because people traffic on airplanes all mm-hmm. the time, and we're not making right. families who board airplanes making their kids go in one section, them going in another, and you know, right, interrogating them. Also, one of the things that's being used is that they are telling the parents that they're going to take the kids to give them baths. Right. What does that sound like, people? That's creepy. That is creepy as... Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's uh, not only I'm that. trying not to swear at this and episode. I'm going to end up swearing so much. <laughs> well, it's not only It's not only it's just creepy. very reminiscent of the Holocaust. It is. Like, hello, they always were like, oh, you're going to go take showers now. I mean, like, come yeah. On. Well, oh and I gosh. think it's to, it's lying. to stop oh. hysteria, Wait. but isn't their point of what they're doing is to try to deter mm-hmm. them, but then they're trying to calm them because, they, because the, I mean, I'm sure that uprising. the people who are actually doing their job and following the policy that they're told to do don't want to do right. it because it's traumatic for mm-hmm. them also. Yeah. And so they're trying to figure out ways to make it a little less traumatic, but at the same time... It's lying. Yeah. So the Christians are like, oh, well, we need to follow the law, but then... We're going to lie. We're going to, you know, there's going to be lying that's involved. There's, Mm -hmm. oh my goodness. So the ethical question that we're talking about, I mean, you can kind of see our stance on this already. I mean, we're not going to hide that we've Mm -hmm. got an opinion on this. And I don't think it's an actually uh, anti-Christian opinion. Mm. There are a lot of Christians that have stood up and said that this is unacceptable. Yeah, actually, some that I was surprised about, some that have been huge Trump supporters, have said 
So to me, I don't feel that this is a political issue, although some people do feel like this is a political issue. I feel like this is just a human rights issue. Issue. Yeah. And, I mean, what we're going to talk about most today is the is the using of scripture to justify justify this. Mm -hmm. So, this scripture has been used... Throughout centuries. (laughs) So much, guys. To justify horrible laws. And, you know, it it has been used down through the, like, Roman era and throughout, like, Europe and all of that to justify horrible laws. But I think we're going to be focusing mostly on its history in the U.S. But it's interesting because in the U.S., we have the freedom to change laws. I mean, we have the freedom to protest, which is awesome, use free speech to elect our officials. And so it's not like we can just sit there and say, oh, well, you know, this is a law. It's a totalitarian regime. We don't have any choice but to follow the law or go to prison. But that's the other thing is, is that being subject under the law, Paul, the guy who wrote this, sermon he was in prison a lot so obviously he wasn't following the law so much when he felt like it was unjust yes there was a lot of these guys that mm-hmm. were well, i mean come on and they were all, all in prison, prison. Mm-hmm. because they were and they felt like the, preaching the gospel was a command above the law and so they did it even though it got them thrown into prison and and, and you're Paul, talking about you're talking about the law of the land, right? The law that you're was not talking law, about God's law. No, that that was a law of the land is that they were not supposed to be preaching the gospel, and so they did it anyway, and they got thrown in prison. So they broke the law of the land, and then they subjected themselves to that law by being in prison. And then Paul, like you know, used used the law of the land when he was in prison to to talk to people and say, hey, you know you have to follow the law because he was like beaten and he was a Roman citizen and he's like, Hey, you guys screwed up. So he used the law in his favor. And like, he's like basically not saying that you need to break all the laws, but when there was a higher law, he chose to break it and then chose to pay for the consequences. And that's where we get into like civil disobedience. Yes. Yeah. And so like Martin Luther King Jr. Often said, you know, they did civil disobedience stuff and then they subjected themselves peacefully to the law that they broke. And um, actually, one of the ways that this was used, it was used to justify Jim Crow laws and used to fight against the civil rights movement. Yeah, so they used this exact same scripture Mm -hmm. to say that people, certain people couldn't eat in certain establishments. Yeah, because that was the law. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we should just follow that law. And so what some of the people were doing was getting arrested for like going and sitting at a lunch counter. Because it was an unjust law. And so they broke the law. And then they subjected themselves to being arrested, and then they challenged the law that way. And we are speaking about laws here, too. Mm-hmm. Like, that was an, that actual, was an actual law. law, not a policy. So, like, what yeah. we're dealing with today is not, <laughs> not an actual law. law. Mm-hmm. It's a policy right. and a uh, ruling, right. basically. And then, before that, it was uh, Romans 1 through 2 was used a lot to justify slavery, and especially the Fugitive Slave Act, which said that basically when a slave ran away to the north, they wouldn't need to be returned by the law. And so people, abolitionists, were... Because it's a dangerous journey. They oh, shouldn't be... Yeah. <laughs> they shouldn't be putting their children through that dangerous journey. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, I mean, had a slave... You know, I think about it. I mean, if you're thinking about it logically, and you're thinking about a slave running away, most people today... 
are going to be like, say you're watching a movie mm-hmm. and that's a part in the movie, you're going to be rooting, rooting for, for that, that family. Slate. You're mm-hmm. going to be, you know, if it's a family that's run mm-hmm. away or a single person, right. you're going to be rooting for that. Mm-hmm. We um, we hold up people who were, who Harriet Tubman, who worked in the Underground, underground Railroad. Railroad. That was against the law. It was against the law. Yeah. The abolitionists doing that whole Underground Railroad thing, that was all against the law. And yet it was taught to me in my Christian school as they were heroes, which mm-hmm. I mean, I believe they were. They fought against the law, but this was used big time in a lot of sermons in the South, a lot of newspaper articles even quoted it. So I found one source, the Daily Dispatch of Richmond, Virginia, July 6th, 1855. It argues that slavery is uh, part of the divine law and that Paul said, you know, to Philemon to return to bondage. And then that brings up hundreds of other passages from scripture proving that slavery has divine sanction a fact which was never questioned by any commentator of any church till this abolitionism after 18 centuries made the wonderful discovery so what has been should be done in this case and it's is a th- it goes on to say the true doctrine on the subject is set forth in the world word of inspiration itself let every soul be subject unto the higher powers for there is no power but of god the powers that be are ordained of god wherefore ye must be subject not only for wrath but also for conscience sake so basically it argued the same using the same scripture that sessions used that we should be returning these slaves because that's the law and we should be subject to the law which I think most people would today would say, heck no, that was a uh, you know, bad law. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bad law. It doesn't matter how long yeah. it goes. Mm-hmm. If it's bad, it's, it's yeah. a bad law. Yep. And the other place that was recently used in modern history was when Hitler used the verses to convince the church that they needed to follow the law to take down their crosses and put up swastikas instead. So, and only 700 out of... 18,000 pastors defied that law, and most of them ended up in concentration camps. So, you know, it's just, it's terrible. (laughs) I wish, I mean, come on. If we don't learn from history, we're doomed to repeat it, and I can't believe that Sessions wouldn't know that. Like, wouldn't know how horrible this, I mean, when I heard it first, before I even read any of the newspaper articles or anything on it, I started screaming at my computer, don't you know that that verse has been used to defend slavery, to defend the subjugation of women, to defend the Holocaust? It's been used to defend terrible laws. What are you doing? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I was shocked, actually, when I heard that. And another thing is, I feel like it's being used out of context. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so I don't think that there's anything wrong with that verse. No. But using it in that way... Mm -hmm is so reminiscent of the mm-hmm. past, it it's blows my yeah. mind because I'm just like, this is recent enough that we, we haven't remember. forgot. Yeah. It's still in our history <laughs> books. There's people who are still very much alive that remember this. I mean, the civil rights was not that no. long ago. It was 20 years before I was born. Right, yeah. The other thing is, is that there's a lot of scriptures that refute this. In the same... Well, yeah. Within the same few verses. <laughs> Within, yes, Paul saying... And in actuality, Paul kind of brings it back all together to mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. So, just a few verses down from, from when he says you need to follow the law of the land, he says in verse 8, Let no debt remain outstanding except for a continuing debt to love one another, for whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. 
continuing down to verse 9, it says, Love your neighbor as yourself. And verse 10, Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. I don't think anybody would say that what we're doing down with the porters is loving. No. I mean, like, and it's no matter. I mean, I'm not even going to get into immigration right now or or border crossing because it doesn't matter what you think about those things. What we're what we're doing now mm -hmm. is not something different. But I mean, like, if we think about where our ethics start from, what we talked about before is, is does it bring you closer to God or closer to your neighbor? This action, no. I mean, it's obviously a no. (laughs) Yes. This is is doing neither. Yeah. It's... And it's also, because it's not a law, Mm -hmm. I feel like it doesn't have the checks and balances Mm -hmm. that we need for it. If we are going to implement something like this, there needs to be steps. Steps to go through. I mean, like, so people... And I, I mean, some, I think it's horrible. But. I saw some pity people, like, comparing my job, what I do, to this. And that's a bunch of bullshit. Because my job is, like, regulated to the I T. I was going to actually yeah. ask you how you felt about the fact that people are comparing... Oh, my gosh. Okay. The, what you do to... Uh, it, it makes my blood children, boil. Taking children away at the border. Yeah. Because my job is regulated to the T by the, both the federal law and the state law. So there's three branches of government, there's checks and balances, the legislators make the laws, both federal and state, and then the judges make sure that we enact the laws correctly. And so one of the things that the federal law says is that we have to do what's called reasonable or active, depending on the case, efforts to try to prevent removal. We have to basically do everything we can. And you have to prove this to a judge. We have to prove this to a judge, that we did everything we could to not remove this child putting in safety plans, asking the, you know, relatives to move in, asking the parents to have one of the, you know, the perpetrator to move out of the home and leaving the, you know, child with a non-perpetrator parent. I mean, like, we, you know, providing services such as food, substance abuse, counseling, um, mental health counseling, too. parenting ca- counseling, hooking co- them up with community uh, services, uh, non- a faith, nonprofit, that kind of thing, services that can help. And we have to prove to a judge that we did this before. before. And basically that the safety risks are so high to the child that there's no way we can safely have that kid in that home. And so then we can we have to remove it. And then that parent has a court hearing within 24 hours. With representation. With re- well, they have a court hearing within 24 hours. And they basically usually then at that court hearing get representation they can fight it themselves at that point Mm -hmm. but then most of them choose to just get representation and then it's continued for a couple days and then they get representation who gets to say you know hey you didn't follow the law and the judge gets decided if we followed the law and then at that point we're still at immediately at that point when we remove a kid we immediately start working to reunify because we know how horrible it is for a child and how traumatic to remove a child we have to immediately start trying to reunify figuring out all the ways we can do that and we also need to place that child in the least restrictive place possible and usually that means with a relative or a family friend not in a warehouse or yeah. a tent city <laughs> so or an old walmart is that what they have an old yeah, walmart, old walmart. So, a parent here has all those steps of recourse. You know, the government provides them with an attorney if they don't have the money to pay for one. They get to see a judge within 24 hours. 
I mean, they get to go in from the judge mm-hmm. and say, this is a bunch of crap if they want to. And a judge can and has thrown it out at that point if mm-hmm. we don't prove that we've done everything or we don't prove that that's, that safety threshold is that high. So, yeah, it's completely different. So what if you walk in to a house and the kid is in so much, like it's the first time you've gotten mm-hmm. a call. Right. And they go to do an investigation and it's so bad or that like the cops call you. Mm-hmm. And it's so, so bad that there's nothing. It's so there's bad that there's we can do. You have to take them that day. That right. happens. That too. that happens too, and we have to prove why that threshold was so high that that. So that's so what like you have if to it, you know if a if parent you know gets arrested for a DUI and they go to jail and they don't name somebody else who can take care of this kid you know a relative or a family friend, mm-hmm. then you know at that point our hands are tied. But basically, you can't leave a kid on a street corner. So <laughs> so um, but but we have to basically say prove. That, that there was nothing we could do besides to, besides that. that yeah and I mean are you guys looking to get more kids oh in? gosh no <laughs> and we like are we well I mean I kind of want to go into the expenses yeah of... the expenses like it's crazy expensive to care for our kid in foster care it we don't I mean the, the state pays you know it's it's in millions of dollars to care for them. We would much rather parents care for their children. Um, it's much cheaper for us, much easier. There's a lot less uh, red tape, lots less paperwork. Oh my gosh. Um, please, please parent your children safely. <laughs> that's what, that's all we want is for parents to parent their children safely. And like in the border, it would also be way cheaper. It would be cheaper. And less traumatic. And we're just talking dollars and cents. It would be way cheaper to you because you have to like basically hire a bunch of babysitters for a bunch of traumatized children to care for these kids and put them up instead of having families together and having them care for their kids uh, and that takes a lot less people basically if parents are parenting their own children and so, they're less traumatized besides the act of taking taking the children away from their families and suing the separation mm-hmm. besides that act i think a lot of people were kind of silently upset about that or verbally, verbally, vocally upset mm-hmm. about that. But I think when Sessions used the Bible verse mm-hmm. was when a lot of churches mm-hmm. came like, out and no. were like, no, 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 mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Yeah. Like, and you can't fact, use this. His church came out. Yes. And I he's, and they use scripture. He's United Methodist. Mm-hmm. And his, and the United Methodist Church came out with a statement, one of the people in the United Methodist mm-hmm. Church came out with a statement and actually called him out. Mm-hmm. And they used this scripture, which I thought was awesome, and it was, uh, Woe to those who make unjust laws, to those who issue oppressive decrees, to deprive the poor of their rights and withhold justice from the oppressed of my people, making widows their prey and robbing the fatherless. Yeah. So, <laughs> so churches... So I'm going to say, woe to you, Sessions. <laughs> As a Christian, I don't like my faith manual, mm-hmm. which is the Bible, who, you know, that help. I mean, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. it's like a manual mm-hmm. for me. You look in it, you find inspiration, mm-hmm. you find guidelines, you find support, mm-hmm. everything. I don't like that being used to justify things that I find incredibly unjust. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and... By my government. And we've talked about it right. before. I don't like mixing so, religion and So you don't like government. The, the pastor preaching how to vote. And you no. don't like the government preaching how to be a Christian. No. Because I don't want... So Separation person, of church and state should yes. be a thing. <laughs> 
Yes, I really think so. Because we have nonprofit status mm-hmm. um, as churches. And I think that part of that, actually I know that part of that, is because we don't get involved with political issues. Mm-hmm. That's the point right. of that. Mm-hmm. We're not telling people telling how to people vote. how to vote. We're mm-hmm. not campaigning. Mm-hmm. And if that's happening, you need to have your non-tag non profit revoked. Mm-hmm. So if I feel that way about a church, mm-hmm. that if a church does that, they need to have their nonprofit status revoked. Mm-hmm. And I feel that strongly. Mm-hmm. Then I feel that about our government. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I don't, I want to be able to pick and choose my um, spirituality and my religion Mm -hmm. and what comes through. And when the government starts getting in and telling you how to believe, Mm. I mean, you guys, (laughs) that's what we fled from. My ancestors. Yeah. That's what my Mm -hmm. ancestors fled from in Europe. Right. The government. The government telling them how to worship. Right. And they were Puritans. And I look back and I'm like, kooky. <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah. they, and our country was built on Puritan ideals. Mm-hmm. But one of the ideals mm-hmm. of the Puritans was that they wanted a place to worship the way they wanted mm-hmm. to. And of course, people skew things in history and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, people are involved. So things get messed exactly. up. But that was the, that was what it was about. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want my government. Giving me, your scripture. my scripture <laughs> and me. twisting it and twisting it to people who mm-hmm. aren't Christians. Yeah. So he's speaking to people who aren't Christians mm-hmm. and using the Bible to justify something that a majority of people are uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying uncomfortable with, because like, if you can't go do that yourself, yeah, yeah. then your government shouldn't yeah. be doing it. And that's the thing is, is that I'd like to... And I mean, you can I'd get like, off on a tangent and people can say, you know, like, well, so-and-so is in the military and I couldn't handle that. Right. But I still believe in, like, my military. And yes, I, I totally agree with that. But but I'm if, talking about one instance here, guys. I mean, go, this could go Go on. visualize doing this yourself. Yeah. Because I've done it. That's why they're I've telling them. I've done it and it is horrible. Because and I've done it with people that I know are super unsafe and if I send that ch- child home with them there's a big good possibility that child's not going to be alive. Yeah. So but you're also but I'm, telling the person what you're doing. Right. And they know what I'm doing. Face. Yeah. Mhm. Yep. And the and 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 they the know where they're going. They know because it's so yeah. traumatic. Mm-hmm. That is why they're telling them they're going to take them for baths. Mm-hmm. I know that for a fact. Oh, yeah. They're telling them that because they, they can't don't, they don't want to they don't want to rip a child screaming gonna, child out of the screaming mother's arms. Yeah. Because if you did, you would just tell them. Right. Like, so the fact that he used this verse is so upsetting to me. Like, it's beyond unethical. (laughs) Like, we always talk about we have no answers Mm -hmm. and we're judging anyways. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, we do, I feel that we do have some answers Mm -hmm. for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And, of course, we know already that there are going to be people that disagree with us. But I feel like I have answers for me. Mm -hmm. And... There are some things that I don't have answers for, but I know, mm-hmm. like I don't have a definitive answer, but I know that there's a better way. Yeah. And for people who say, well, you need, you know, what's your solution? You need to have a solution to point out a problem. That's not true. <laughs> you don't need to have a solution to point out a problem. <laughs> because if there's a problem, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Having a solution at the at the beginning is always helpful. Mm-hmm. 
but it's not needed to point out a problem. Mm -hmm. It's not required to point out a problem. So there is a, you know, there is some problems with trafficking Mm -hmm. of children and I know that there are better solutions. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because I don't, because I feel strongly about traffic victims, Mm -hmm. I think that this is a problem and I can justify some action being taken, but I feel like this is the wrong action. Yeah, absolutely. So, have we uh, judged the heck out of that? Oh my goodness, you guys. (laughs) If we don't get pushback from this, I'll be surprised. Oh, well. Pushback, smushback. (laughs) (laughs) So, today I'm going to highlight, not an ethical product, but a non-profit that is actually specifically fighting this problem and by providing representation to parents and children who have been separated at the border. Oh, yes. So because the, that's another thing mm-hmm. is that the children don't have representation mm-hmm. and so they're going up in court cases um, by themselves mm-hmm. and some of these kids are like 12 months old. Right. So how can you do that, obviously? So the agency that is uh, providing representation is Together Rising. And it's an organization in Texas, and they do actually a lot of things. They do um, a lot of local nonprofits. They do things like helping refugees in Greece. I mean, like, they're all over the place. But their highlight in May, and that you can give now for, is to help provide representation. And so their quote was... Because that's another thing, is when you come across the border into the United States, because it is a border issue and because you're not a U- U.S. citizen... Um, you do not get uh, an attorney. Mm -hmm. Like, if you were a U.S. citizen, you could say, I want representation, Mm -hmm. and the government Government would have to supply you with representation. If Um, you couldn't afford it yourself, yeah. If you can't afford it yourself, they don't get that. No. And so this is a really awesome way to provide representation to them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so their quote um, was that, we met a terrified six-year-old blind boy taken from his mother at the border. All he did was beg for his mother. If we cannot represent him, he'll stand in front of a judge and represent himself. Since there is no public defender system in an immigration court, even for children, so will the 12-month-old baby we met stripped from her inconsolable mother's arms. So will the 58 other children living in the Children's Detention Center in the middle of Arizona right now, all under the age of 10, all afraid and desperate for their mothers and fathers. So, um, that's funny. I brought all of that up and I had not read that. <laughs> I was like, there's a 12 month yep. old, there's kids standing in front of courts by themselves. So, together rising, you can go to, I'm so smart. You can go to togetherrising.org and give through their love flash mobs and provide for attorneys to represent families so that they um, are able to see a judge and have representation, which is, which is huge in these cases. It is. Yeah. So thanks for joining us here at Ethical Quandaries, a podcast where we have the answers today. And, and we're, we're judging, judging you anyway. anyway. Technical support and photography by Tip Kingsley. Consultation by Mid Toker. Production music by EpidemicSound.com. Editing by me, Jessica Veldstrom. If you have an ethical quandary or a comment, you can email us at ethicalquandaries@outlook.com. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Remember, if you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. And support our work at Patreon.com.